0: <laughs> potential
1: podcast. hello everyone and welcome back to the potential podcast with you as always your host Taylor Sokol and my co-host Chris Dewar. first of all once again happy new year to everyone 2021 is here and uh, 2020. No matter what situation you're in, we were all in the same storm, maybe in different boats, but we uh, survived it, and we are here for another year, looking forward to a bright, beautiful year. So for us nerds, as as you've followed us, or maybe this is your first time listening to the Potential Podcast, we are definitely huge movie goers. And of course, 2020 was not uh, a usual year for moviegoers, because unfortunately, we had about... Pretty much three quarters of this year, we had this past year, we had to embrace streaming. Whether you uh, were streaming Mm -hmm. movies already or shows, now was kind of the year. And I'm sure a lot of uh, streaming services really got a lot of new subscribers. So we thought this might be, I think, a potential series or maybe a little bit of bonus episode where we talk about years movies. And we were like, Chris and I said, let's go back and talk about, you know, what some of our favorite movies were of 2020 because it was a unique year.
0: Yeah, even though not as many releases as a normal year would have, you know, we we saw tons of especially big blockbuster type movies all pushed to 2021. Uh, We still had a lot of good movies from last year, both that came out in theaters and of course, many that were just straight released to streaming. And simultaneously,
1: Um, some were a little bit both.
0: Yeah, which, you know, I'm I'm in California. Uh, We did have a small period where there was a few counties that had theaters open, but it really was only in the Tenant phase when Tenant was coming out. Nothing else really came out that was big or major. Um, I know you luckily got to have a little more time in theaters last year, but I mean, I remember you know I, I'm a member, uh, or usually I'm a member of a list with AMC. Yeah, well, we both we both are.
1: <laughs> you got which me. Which is a great time.
0: that you know that was. I mean, I was living in New York City. It's a great program because you're paying like what 22, 23 bucks a month, and you could see up to like 12 movies any format so in new york alone i would go see an imax or uh, a dolby movie those like alone are like 26 bucks a ticket and that's
1: but not that's part- including of course popcorn and drink and yes yeah, which like i mean
0: that's where they make their money really it's not so much the movie ticket price but you know i was already taking advantage of that early in the year as i normally would and then yeah we just kind of hit this point where uh things just started to close down so Uh, Definitely was a unique year, but I was glad that at least at one point in the year, after all the shutdown, there was still some movie theater experiences, because that's something that I think you and I really love. There's nothing like that, especially at first time getting to view a new project and the audience experience together is always really fun.
1: This is something that a friend of mine had said, that there is no other experience than seeing a movie in the theater, whether you've seen it before for the first time, or what have you, it doesn't matter what the movie is, you're not gonna get that experience back. Getting in that dark theater and the atmosphere, you're right. It's one of those experiences that cannot be duplicated. And it's just not the same. Watching it from your home home theater or your, you know, small smart device.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it actually changes the experience. I mean, we kind of had this a little bit when we talked about Wonder Woman. I think I might have liked a little more if I had been in a dark theater with popcorn, as opposed to, you know, it was kind of the end of a day. Uh, I think I watched it on Christmas, just, you know, kind of tired from all the presents and the food and everything. And so I, I wasn't really in the mood for like a two and a half hour movie. You, know, you were square. prepared. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Whereas usually when I go to a movie, I'm like, this is what I'm here for. So uh, we wanted to talk about yeah, our favorite films and not not necessarily uh, straight to Oscar caliber. You know, there's always a lot of great films that come out every year that are meant to be popcorn flicks, uh, you know, comedy. What would say you? Um, So we're going to break this up. We're going to break it up into the movies that we liked, that we did see in theater. And then we'll do the second half talking about streaming, which was, of course, the majority of the year. So I'll start off um, a movie I absolutely loved uh, in theaters. It was a surprise to me. I thought it was a great cast. That's what kind of drew me to wanting to go see it was The Gentleman. This was a movie by Guy Ritchie. It came out early in the year. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Hugh Grant, Colin Farrell it was this great kind of like uh bit of one of those like crime movies in a way it was like you know a bit of a, a um, comedy element with like the high stakes of you know kind of them kind of going against each other's kind of group of people that uh, and it, it had that that kind of humor that Guy Ritchie's brought before of like Snatch and stuff and it just it was really funny and actually Hugh Grant was the one that stole the movie he was this reporter that was kind of trying to blackmail his way into getting the story and it's a cheeky humor and it was it was a really entertaining i was like what a great especially that time of year january february we often get those movies that are a little not you know they're kind of put there because it's just like and eh,
1: well, it's, me- it's not a it's not a prime movie time as we know yeah. holiday season and then the summer, summer. and then yeah. right yeah, right before so they kind of sometimes they sneak these really good ones under the radar and you're right i i was fortunate enough to watch this film as well and I think that's what really sold it for me was the humor, the really good tongue-in-cheek humor. It's more of that British style humor, and Hugh Grant was the MVP of this movie. He has been kind of really typecast as the romantic lead, the very, you know, proper British, uh, kind of you know romance and and manly figure you want in those kind of films. So for him to kind of play the sleazy, dirty Snake-like, kind of grungy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, was great. You know, and I, when I first watched it, I was like, okay it starts off slow, but then it really builds up. And then literally mm. the two thirds of it, you're like, wow. And uh, when it came out back in uh, video on demand and, and DVD this year, I said my parents and they loved it. So yeah, I was really impressed with this film.
0: Yeah. Definitely check it out. Uh, if you get a chance, it's, it was great.
1: The next one, uh, the, one of the first theater ones I saw, cause this was uh, early spring uh, well, or spring, late winter, early spring, was the long anticipated sequel to the bad boys trilogy or our franchise uh, this was bad boys 3 or bad boys for life i love a good body buddy cop film uh, mm. and the other two i just i love will smith and martin lawrence it's such a fun casting because the their style and their humor is very very unique and very fun and their banter this one was not directed by michael bay so it was i was a little interested in the anticipation but i was actually blown away by the action was just as good. It was a lot more brutal, a little bit more high stakes, and um, a little bit more serious at times. I mean, you got the you got the cast here, Joe Pagliano, but that was a lot of fun. I got to see it in theater, and I got to take my dad to see that, so I was actually uh, quite impressed. Uh, it was definitely a good kind of popcorn flick when you want those kind of action movies just to kind of shut your brain off and kind of laugh.
0: Don't be mad at me. I still never seen any of the bad boys films.
1: That's quite all right. We have actually a longer list of movies you haven't seen that are priority, but same True. here, so not a problem.
0: That was actually, I remember that was coming out and I was like, Oh, I'll watch the first two to go see it, but I didn't get around to it. And, and I was like, I'm not going to go see the third film without watching the previous films. So on my list, um, moving on from there. Uh, this was really a cool movie. I remember seeing this in Florida. Uh, we, we talked about on our uh, Universal Monster Movie uh, episode. We had this, you know, chat about the this kind of new take on some of these classic with uh, creatures. With Bloomhouse, they're starting to you know develop some to maybe maybe make their own kind of dark universe with multiple creatures in it. Uh, they released the Invisible Man, and this was like an updated modern day take on the story. And I just really enjoyed how they did it. I thought it was well executed. It was kind of a fun uh, take on technology being, you know, the villain and uh, it definitely still had great scares. It had the whole story of, you know, uh, the way that it worked out and it had some fun twists and turns in there. And I just, I really enjoyed it.
1: And it was a, actually a really good modern take because with you have, first of all, I'm really proud to say we've got a lot of great films that have been coming out of the woodwork of these strong female protagonists. yes. And that's, I think, become more apparent in the last two years. This was no exception. Uh, Just Elizabeth Moss, she is great. Killed it. She carries this film. And to run around being screaming and terrified, it takes a lot of audio. But great twist. You know, and for the subject matter of the Invisible Man has not really been, the exception of Hollow Man we just talked about, there has been a lot of takes on this. So I think this was uh, perfect timing. Yeah. Especially for uh, coming up for
0: hopefully we get a sequel. They kind of, you know, kept it a little open to see what else it could go. So definitely uh, that was definitely one of my tops from uh, top films from last year.
1: The uh, next one i want to talk about is I'm a huge fan. And we talked about this in our last year's episode of sports films. I love a good sports film. I love the, the idea we talked about, there's a good redemption story. And, and and the title alone says it all. It was Ben Affleck's The Way Back. And um, just a fun story of a, former you know amazing athlete uh, high school athlete and he kind of falls in hard times he's suffering uh, divorce alcoholism and it just I, i'm a big fan of ben affleck honestly like i love everything he's in and uh, especially when he is a, behind the reins and as an actor so this was a lot of fun it's a, a really good redemption tale and i really do like Um, It had good pacing and you really get into the story. So that was really fun. I think every year you always have one of those really good sports films. This is one Mm -hmm. of my favorite ones. So I really enjoyed that one. Uh,
0: Well, my next one on my list, uh, sure, it's on your list as well. This was a great year for Pixar. They had two awesome films that came out in 2020. And, you know, every now and then there's a year where you get a Pixar film and a Disney animated film. There was no Disney animated film last year. We're getting that this year with Raya and The Last Dragon comes out in March. But they released Onward in March, and I, I just really love this film. I think um, the two things that really it hit really well for me was, one, the creativity with the idea of a, a kind of modern, if you will say it, suburban fantasy world. You know, I think this could have easily been uh, construed as like. Ripping off Shrek, but they did it in their own way. And it was a completely own lore, and it had nothing, it, it didn't match up that way. Uh, they did such a cool job of really like making like, what would it be like if fantasy creatures lived today? And like they updated like how they live, their cars, their jobs. It yeah. was just so creative. <laughs> and then the story of brotherhood, I think, you know, me and Taylor, we're both brothers. We both have two brothers each. Uh, just watching this film and the idea of these two brothers on this journey uh the connection with their dad i just it really hit me because i think you know like as a brother it's just something that you you there's something you can't uh match having that kind of brother relationship
1: yeah that relationship is is something you you don't know until you experience it like true brotherhood and that message was surprising because you don't realize it until really the good twist on it because it again pixar has been very clever and i think disney in general but pixar especially they really take a very unique topic And they kind of, um, they throw the book out like, oh, well this is what you expect it's going to be. No, it's not. So definitely tugged on the heartstrings. And I I do love the, with the leads of Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, it was just a great duo. And we saw, and I saw the trailer before this came out, I was, I was ecstatic. So I'm I'm glad we got to see this one.
0: Yeah. And that was my, that was my last movie in theaters before it all shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one more on my list that got to see in theaters luckily uh that was we both
1: yeah we both did was very excited Tenet. This Tenet, which this was this was so anticipated i had not seen anything about this and again i the first time i saw a trailer was with you when we saw joker uh the <laughs> yeah. previous year so i'm like you're all like <gasps> and all excited i'm like <laughs> what, what's going on and i'm seeing this trailer and i have no idea and they were releasing stuff after one after the other, not understanding what's going on this was the one, if this was going to be a theater, of movie in theaters that we had to see this summer, this was the film that was going to be it.
0: And luckily, you know, Nolan really pushed for it to be, you know, he's a filmmaker that his stuff is meant to be seen on the screen. That's what, that's how he makes it. Uh, you know, especially lately, the last few years, he's been filming long segments in IMAX cameras. So he makes it for IMAX. And luckily this kind of came at that tail end of summer when, covid wasn't quite so bad so uh more things were kind of open and yeah luckily I got to see this on an imax screen uh it was definitely one of those movies where it's like what a, a creative wild ride uh, i loved when they said it's bond on acid that's really what it felt like it was this big spy thriller but with the uh, idea of physics and how things can go forward in time or backwards in time It just meant it was this huge popcorn flick and it was a lot of fun, well acted, great music, you know, uh, just, it was epic. So I was really glad that at least that was available to go see theaters. Uh, Pretty much after that, when things started to kind of increase in cases again, every movie that was still coming up was all pushed to 2021 with the exception of Wonder Woman was kept for Christmas day. That was like the final one of the year. Everything else that was released, just nothing caught my eye of, anything worth going to no but um we at least you know had the great experience to go see some oldie but goodies in theaters as well
1: yeah um it was really nice uh with with you um california the restrictions a little different with me in pennsylvania i was very lucky they had a very nice smaller local theater cranberry township that's right <laughs> throwback a lot of these old throwback films that on a on a real personal note it was nice we taught my brothers uh, my brother nick uh, who has autism he's just um, he's a big movie buff and it doesn't matter what movie you take him to see you give him popcorn and he'll sit through the whole thing i actually took him to see tenet don't know what the heck's going on but he loved it um <laughs> but one of the uh we one of the some of the movies we saw and now he's hooked on him i got to the pleasure of seeing both back to the future one and uh part two uh in theaters which for me i they came out in the eight um, eight mid-80s and ladies and i couldn't i never saw them and theaters so to take someone who had never seen them at all to actually see them in theaters it just it gives a whole different experience when you're elevated on that and to see both movies I was I was pumped because like I've seen them a million times but to see them in theaters it's like and now every day it's on uh TV you can see them and my brother and not Nick's the same like, oh, not the Doc same Doc Brown Marty he loves it oh nice Taylor
0: you're telling me you saw a movie in a pandemic <laughs> um yeah, I got to see uh, Hocus Pocus on the big screen, which is sure, sure. fun. And The Empire Strikes Back. I always love when, it, if, you know, I've, I've seen, I've gotten to see a few of the old Star Wars on the big screen. And this was great because it was the, was it the
1: 40th anniversary? Of yeah, the this Part was Strikes literally Back? the 40th. Yeah, because yeah. it came out in 1980. So that was that was the big thing why they released it. Because 40 years ago, this came out.
0: And it's still like my favorite of all the Star Wars films. I think it just holds up. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, was there any more, you know, from now on, for me, it's all streaming. Was there any more uh, that you got to see in theaters? And if I'll just kind of bounce off of that.
1: A couple ones. I mean, I saw a few animated movies I'd never seen to before. Like I had never seen Zootopia in theaters or at all. So that was cool. I had seen, never saw Kung Fu Panda because I just never had sat down. So I saw that. You and never then, saw
0: the story of your life?
1: was no, yeah. kidding. <laughs> uh, and, then I did, and then I did see, uh, we got to watch both um i'm uh, not hope hocus pocus sorry beetlejuice and then i actually Showtime. got to watch uh jim carrey's grinch so that was really oh cool. very nice very nice so those were like the last like the big ones of the kind of re the reruns that i had seen mm-hmm.
0: well as we've mentioned uh mostly the movies that came out this year went to streaming uh as you probably heard if you listen to a lot of our potential picks a lot of the movies were due to come out in theaters and then were bought by either netflix or hulu or hbo max or what say you so um i'm just gonna jump in here with a few that i really liked uh, definitely as we got closer to the end of the year we got a little more of that oscar caliber you know probably going to be nominated for stuff but starting off with eurovision this was the will ferrell movie uh, rachel McAdams about the eurovision contest this came out on netflix I didn't really know anything about this movie and just kind of came out of nowhere and me and my parents watched it and we were cracking up the entire time. It just was a surprise comedy. And Will Ferrell is an actor that I've always loved, but not every film has hit me as a, you know, top notch comedy. I've yeah. kind of actually lost touch with him for a while now. Cause yeah, I haven't really Hope got, you guys to... get
1: back in touch then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, you know, we're, like we're, we're like, we're, we're like, from. well,
0: I didn't meet him. So we're basically. From... Right, rub it in. No, but, um, <laughs> Like, I haven't, I, you know, probably since maybe, gosh, I don't know, maybe like the other guys or something. I haven't really like liked it. I really liked a comedy of his in a while. And this one just, it was really funny. The over-the-top humor, the costumes, the singing. It just, it was a great time. I really enjoyed I,
1: I, it. I was pleasantly surprised because yeah. the, the humor, a little different than some of those other ones where there wasn't a lot of um, kind of lowbrow humor. It was slightly on the line where it was just... The right amount but the yeah it and this was really exciting and unfortunately when he was originally going to do it it was going to be around when Eurovision was going to be out it was going to be perfectly synced up but um a surprise hit and i if you guys haven't seen it yet definitely check it out it was probably one of the best comedies of 2020.
0: oh for sure um we had apple tv plus is, mm-hmm, yeah the uh, streaming service i think we you know we both have it I think we both kind of forget that we have it. It's the one I always forget, like, oh, let's try to have that. I just have never, I haven't really got into it as much as I should. And I got like a year free because I Yeah, same here.
1: My- Mine's going to end in March. So I was like, I better like start cramming these shows and stuff down. And what was really exciting is they started releasing uh, a lot of uh, films. Yeah. And,
0: and we got uh, uh, a great Tom Hanks war film, Greyhound, uh, which we reviewed on the podcast. Uh, this was, you know, a, a, a Navy uh, movie it's all you know a big uh, kind of those World War II uh, water uh, ocean battle type you know it's it's big cruisers versus you know submarines and it's it's just it was, it was epic I love the time length it was at 90 minutes so it was like once you kind of got on the ship it was like heartbeat a, a second non-stop the pace was quick and it was the the fights were so cool and it just you know we, we typically get a kind of war movie you know we had Five bloods was kind of like a war movie you know back and forth the vietnam war one but this was really exciting just because we we didn't really get a lot of uh world war one or world war ii material last year not that we have to have it every year but this yeah. was a great movie and, and tom hanks uh wrote this uh he, he wrote the screenplay for that so um i thought it was a great great film it really was exciting
1: yeah, and this was like, I think, one of the, the first big new movies that came out streaming that my parents and I had got into together, just like with Eurovision and your parents. Um, speaking of Apple TV, staying on that, um, this was a surprising one for me. Again, one of those films where you don't really know where it's going to go. Uh, this was the fun, I guess you'd say, kind of romantic, in a way, comedy uh, titled On the Rocks. And now, this was with uh, Rashida Jones and uh, Bill Murray. And uh, what I really liked about this film, I, I didn't realize, you know, where it was going to go. And it was in the story of uh, this, you know, Bill Murray's the father. He's kind of the playboy father, you know, classic Bill Murray. <laughs> and uh, his daughter who suspects her husband's cheating on her. And he, he kind of goes on this journey with her to, to figure out if, um, if he's being unfaithful. So I really liked similar to Onward did with kind of the brothers. This really promoted that father-daughter relationship. And um, I really liked it because, again, great pacing, really fun. It wasn't uh, some sort of laugh-out-loud funny movie. But this was a Sofia Coppola film. And I think she's really proven that she's a great director. Um, And I really, really had a fun one with this. This was definitely a very very heartwarming tale. And, and again, one of those movies in the time of this this past year we had, it was a really, you know, well-needed film. Well, a film that... uh...
0: Made me laugh a lot. I had never seen the first two, so it was kind of a fun uh, watch all three in the course of a few days. Uh, we got Bill and Ted 3 or Bill and Ted Face the Music as its titled, came out this year. Uh, just another one that I thought was a lot of fun. It, you know, uh, dumb humor, the, the, the continued story of uh, uh, these two <laughs> these two buddies that have grown up, you know, these knuckleheads that love rock and roll and uh, I just thought it was fun the, the way they they did it. I thought especially you could tell the movie had a lot more of a budget than the first two because, you know, now they're established stars. And it just it was one of those fun, like dumb summer humor movies that I think we both enjoyed. And of the three, it was my favorite of the three films for the first time ever watching all three. Uh, the third one was my definite favorite of those. Yeah, three.
1: yeah. you had I had given you the movies. You had just binged mm-hmm. them like right before. And oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd seen, him, I'd seen him years ago, and yeah, you're right. It was, uh, I think, just because of the budget, but also the the casting and uh, the pacing. It was definitely um, definitely a lot of fun, and an, another great comedy for the year. Now, this next one, again, we, some of these streaming movies, we actually got to watch the same time. And during the course of our our uh, rendezvous, our bromance. Uh, our adventures of our bromance. <laughs> our adventures romance. And of T&C, so, C&T. We were in, we in Maryland. Had, Yes. Um, I was
0: coming to visit you, and uh, we had a great week going to Baltimore, D.C., Annapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we were watching stuff. We watched The Boys. We were watching Lucifer. Uh, but we watched The Devil all the time. Uh, this is definitely one of those movies where I'm like, I'm excited to see if this gets any nominations, because I think it, it definitely deserves it. Uh, I feel like every year you need, you need that kind of movie that's going to, uh, you need to watch it it's it's dark it's a little hard to watch but it's like the performances are so gritty and it's just a great story and this this was one of those films it it was a mix of like it had a bit of stephen king to it It had a mix of tarantino to it it was just a really cool style of this 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 story especially the actors at that great cast and I, i always love a story where it's like we've talked a lot on this podcast of stories of like you know The sins of the father follow the son and this was a big one that for multiple characters follow that kind of uh plot
1: yeah and it was definitely not what i expected when you first see the trailer it's definitely one of those movies you have to see to Mm -hmm. understand or believe because it's not something i can just describe to you and and do it justice but definitely a movie you want to watch late at night with the the lights off because it it, it's a hair-raising film and it's also a uh, interesting take into the psyche of humanity and the darkness of humanity and definitely and religion uh, too. Yeah. In religion. So a uh, timeless tale, I would say in the themes and good film uh, for the ha- Halloween season as well.
0: Oh yeah. Um, well, speaking of Oscar caliber films, uh, we watched the trial of Chicago seven. This came out on Netflix. Uh, Aaron Sorkin directed and he wrote it. Uh, Great film. This is one of those films where you you just kind of watch and go. This is one of those uh, you know historical uh, takes on a, a part of history. Uh, you know the this is the big kind of riots that took place at the Democratic Convention uh, around the time of the Vietnam War. Uh, just stellar cast. You got some a lot of big names. And again, we we talked about the the pacing. Sometimes movies, when it's like two hours or so, it can be a little hard to keep you focused the whole time, but It was, there was not many slow moments. Aaron Sorkin's known for that dialogue. And this movie was full of like scenes that just kept going. The pace was boom, 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 boom. And especially for a courtroom drama, you're going to have all these, all these big scenes in the courtroom. Even that it's like, they kept topping them with, you know, whether it was uh, the judge speaking out against them or, you know, people in the crowd or whatever. It just, it kept building. And it kept you kind of edging your seat a little bit to be like, "I want to see where this is going to go," and it made for a great, you know, awesome ending. It one of those like, "Yeah," endings. Great
1: well, and stuff. I th- and I think with some of these historical films, it's it's tough to uh, make something that's compelling and, and interesting and entertaining. Uh, for for people because sometimes history it's hard to glamorize and make it exciting but mm-hmm. this did not disappoint and going on top of you know history as well and this last year has been a lot and the uh, change for civil rights and uh, minorities I was very excited about this one another great film that uh, if you are definitely a theater goer you'll enjoy it if you're not a theater goer I think you would still enjoy it was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And yes. uh, we talked about unfortunate passing this past year of Chadwick Boseman. And we had a tribute of him, and we were did not think there were any other movies of him coming out. This was his final on-screen performance, and what a film. He's not necessarily, you think the main character is the title character, but he really pretty much carries this film.
0: Yeah, it really is his film. I mean, uh, yeah, we, you know, I we talk about how every year you're going to lose celebrities. It's the natural way of life, but Chadwick, I think is still the, the biggest surprise from last year um, just because he was still so young and still had so much time ahead of him to show his craft, but he did leave us with one final amazing performance. And I honestly think it's his best. Uh, so even though I'm not sure if the movie itself might get, uh, nominated towards like best picture, possibly it's a great film. I think for his performance alone, it's well worth the the watch. And again, one of those movies that also because it's theatrical in nature based off a play by August Wilson, the pacing just like keeps you going. It's these awesome scenes that just boom, 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 boom. It does not slow down to be, you know, these slow dramatic. It's it, and when it does, though, there are those key moments where they kind of go back and talk about their life. It gets very uh, the acting is like incredible. Um, well, going on the complete opposite side of that, still a theatrical uh, movie that was updated to you know, uh, a feature film. Just because I'm a fan of musical theater and I thought they did a pretty good job. The, uh, we had The Prom come out on Netflix. This was a Ryan Murphy directed project. Uh, this is one of those musicals. I think it's a fun time. It's funny. Uh, a lot of the songs are kind of uh, takes on different musical theater styles. But especially for inclusion and for the LGBTQ community, this is just one of those movies where it's like, all right, it's 2020. We're seeing this great story about, you know, why we shouldn't be, uh, you know, hating against the gay community and uh, why, you know, everyone should have access to all the simple joys in life, you know, as well, And
1: finding the, you know, the small town, um, small-minded um mm-hmm. mentality of many people that still today and then this idea that we're becoming much more aware and open uh and not ignorant uh to people based on their differences of preconceived notions and it was funny when you said we we're gonna do the we were talking about this movie i didn't know what it was about i heard the prom i thought it was like a horror film or something before we even saw it i was like that's definitely not a <laughs> musical
0: about carrie although there is yeah. a musical of carrie the musical. That's but, uh, <laughs> yeah no it's was, it was a fun time and i think it's i think especially knowing the year we had uh you know, for a lot of people, just the hardships of uh, financial burdens and making ends meet and just being stuck inside all the time. We needed those outlets of joy. We need those outlets of fun. And that was one of those movies I was like, y- even if you're not a fan of musical theater, you will come out of it with a smile on because it's just it, it pumps you up. Well, I have I have one last movie that I think, uh, I, think I, I really loved. Did. I think it's the same for both of us. Uh, again, Pixar had a great year. Uh, released uh, the second movie of the year, just in time uh, for the holidays, so on Christmas, we had Soul. Uh, And this was, you know, whereas I think Onward was a film that, because I responded to it as a brother, as a fan of fantasy and action. This one, I think, was just one I responded to because of that simple reminder of there's so much to uh, look forward to and enjoy about life. And, it's you know, we we take for granted a lot of stuff that we just have in our life, you know. And I mean, not even like the simple things of like a house and stuff. But I mean, like stepping outside and enjoying the breeze, enjoying the sun. Enjoying Having a slice and, of
1: pizza. Yeah, yeah
0: food, uh, you know, music. There's so much to remember of, you know, even though most of last year we were either trapped in our houses or unemployed or, you know, finding all kinds of stuff wearing masks. There was just so much chaos. There's still a lot to appreciate in life. And it was very funny, well animated. It just—it was like, if this is the last movie of the year, I'm gonna see. That's a new movie, best movie to
1: see to end the year with. Uh, that's, they always say this, those advertisements. If you're gonna see one movie in theaters, um, that would be the movie yeah. to see. No, you're right. And again, another great take on it, where it—the premise. You think it's talking about the end of life. It more talks about the beginning of life and the enjoyment of the present moment. Yeah, and I think that was just another great twist of where you think the film's going one way and then the very end oh i see what's happening and it, you're right it it just uh definitely one of those you know that's going to make you think pause for a moment and like you said enjoy the moment because that what the film was all about and um, uh, i was definitely one of my highlights and uh, good on pixar for creating not one but two really radically different but great movies about Uh, enjoyment of the moment, enjoying relationships and just enjoying life. So yeah, Yeah. incredible film. Yeah.
0: And that, I mean, yeah, just, it was a great time. And, you know, so still there was a lot of great stuff from last year, even though it was much, uh, much less than the usual amount. I'm very curious to see how this year is going to pan out. Um, You know, if, if the vaccines start to go out more and cases start to die down more, hopefully we'll see theaters, back open. There's a lot of movies that some studios are still saying will only be in theaters as normal, uh, not to streaming. But there's also, you know, we had this huge announcement with like HBO Max, the Warner Brothers, all their big movies are coming out straight on the platform as well as in theaters. So I'm hoping that this year, there's definitely movies I know that are coming out that I'm like, if possible, I have to see it in a theater. That's the way I want to see it. That's the experience I want to see it in. I don't want to see it like on a phone or on the laptop. Um, so very curious to see how this year is going to be. There's there's so many movies that are due to come out this year, many that were pushed from last year and then some have been already pushed to 2022. So curious to see how 2020 was going to to, you know, hold out here, but there was there were some solid movies in 2020 and as we've mentioned uh, on earlier episodes, I'll be very intrigued to see how they're going to uh, do these Oscar nominations for this year. We know that that's how many March uh for a ceremony in April. Um, So I'm very, very intrigued to see what films will get nominated, especially because, you know, usually every year they can nominate up to 10 films. I wonder if they'll limit it to five this year because there wasn't that many. Who knows?
1: Again, it's going to be, we've seen in the last two years before the pandemic, this call to acknowledgement of streaming uh, movies and shows. So it's going to be very interesting to see now maybe we need to really adjust. And again, as you see with time, uh, some of these long established set in their ways, uh, ceremonies and you know, the actors guild and these, uh, the associated press, they, you know, we got to make a change. So we've got to change with the time. So I'm curious and I'm hopeful that they're going to pay more attention to the quality of streaming programs because there's a call for that. A lot of people and whether, um, During a pandemic, or maybe people elderly people who don't leave their homes, they don't go to the theaters. You can bring entertainment right to their homes. I think we need to acknowledge that because those are the generations that still are present, and that there's so many different uh, demographics of audience members out there that we need to reach. Very true. So, we'll be, uh, of course,
0: updating you guys along this year because we'll be reviewing most things that come out anyway. So, uh, stay tuned for more news on the 2021 films but we hope you enjoyed our list of 2020 if you have your own list of films that you uh, enjoyed from last year we'd love to hear about it if you want to reach out to any of our social media pages or on our youtube or even our email once again the potential podcast at yahoo.com we'd love to hear your feedback if there's any films that you really liked especially if they weren't on our personal list uh but anyway happy new year we're excited to bring you more content this year and uh, we'll be announcing our season two premiere date in a few weeks time. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook
1: at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions and more through our email thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com
0: I'm your host, Chris Dewar and I'm your host, Taylor Sokol Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum and remember know, know your, your potential, potential.